We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, and it's not Monday it is Miami Monday, so what we do, we tailor the show a little extra Miami to get you through what is never really a Monday fun day. So we're going to have some music from a Miami artist, plus going to be checking in with the Joe Rose Show. They're talking with John Crotty about The Last Dance. Dan Levitard has those weekend observations for you. Then Hawk and Crowder going to give you Channing's MJ story. That is a story you do not want to miss later on in the show. Right now, some headlines that you do not want to miss. The Dolphins and Tua Tangabaloa have agreed to a four-year, $30.3 million deal. The signing bonus is $19.6 million. Miami-Dade County has given clearance for the Heat to begin individual practices at American Airlines Arena. The team plans to resume activities Wednesday. Sources say Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarlane are out as Monday Night Football announcers. ESPN has made no official announcement. The United Kingdom government has greenlined a June 1st start for the Premier League as long as there are no fans in attendance. Eric Spolstra recently admitted that his favorite all-time player to coach is Udonis Haslam. Major League Baseball is looking into having a shortened 80-game season. Sources say owners have okayed a July start. And now, we take a step into the day spa. <sighs> a security guard at a Tampa hospital had to deliver a baby in a parking garage when a woman went into premature labor. Give Florida man credit there. A bear broke into a Tennessee cabin making off with pounds of candy, some beers, and allergy medicine. Not me. I have an alibi. And I don't own a bear suit. A woman is considering divorce after her husband said he did not want to name their soon-to-be-born son her traditional family name of Gaylord. What? What's wrong with Gaylord? A woman recently made her fiancé buy her three engagement rings because she says she's very picky. Mmm, sounds like they're going to have a great marriage. A Portland, Oregon strip club has transitioned to being a food service that serves to-go food topless directly to your car. I need to gas up now. Now on to weather. Tonight's forecast cloudy with temperatures in the mid-70s. Weekdays, 6 to 10 a.m. Only thing you should be listening to. No, not your wife, not your husband, not your significant other, not the advice of your mom. You should be listening to the Joe Rose Show. This morning, they caught up with John Crotty. His thoughts on Michael Jordan, also Pippin and Phil, plus nobody likes Isaiah Thomas.
this has been fun to watch, right? This MJ in the last dance and uh, this documentary. Sure. I, I want to get your take. We, we, I knew it was going to finally get to it. We finally somehow have gotten to LeBron versus uh, Michael Jordan, even though they're different kind of players, different times, social media. We know LeBron's gone to about 25 different teams and, and, and MJ stayed with the right. team he got drafted with. So what, what, what's your take on, on this very competitive guy that we've now seen through eight episodes? What do you think, MJ? This whole thing is a bit of a flashback of, you know, of, of my, you know, when I played too. So it's pretty, it's pretty, it, just a lot of thoughts and emotions that go through it. And what a grip Jordan and the Bulls had on the 90s in regards to just, you know, championship after championship, right? I mean, a, a true dynasty. Knowing a lot of guys who played with him and having played against him. And it, it's just, it's interesting because I think people didn't really know Jordan, you know, his personality and cause he, he was much more, closed and and obviously before social media you, your point joe and you know you're seeing sort of that killer mentality had and i think that's what really separates him it's you know it's a guy who so incredibly driven but but unlike a lot of others who are driven and have that competitive fire he had the incredible talent and the skill set with the athleticism and that competitive fire and, and that's what really elevated him i think to to a level of of greatness and obviously not an easy guy to play against or to be around at times because of that i'm learning a lot more watching this documentary this was like prime time viewing for me uh high school and beginning sure. of college during this 90s when jordan won the six titles uh and that's when i really got into sports more than anything but i didn't know about a lot in the background i'm sure a lot of people didn't unless you were part of that team the one thing that struck to me just in the last two episodes that were on last night was when Pippen decided not to go in on the play that Kukoc hit the shot against the Knicks in the playoffs, that Bill Cartwright, after, in the locker room, in a crying kind of speech, in a very emotional speech, told Scotty how much he let the team down, how much what what he did was just disrespectful for the team, to the point where Scotty had to stand up basically and apologize back. That was news to me. I knew he sat out the shot. I knew Kukoc hit it. I knew the play was called for Tony. But the fact that Bill Cartwright got up in the locker room, this was no Jordan on the team. This was just these guys right. and, and had that right. emotional speech. That was, that was crazy to me to hear that. But that's just kind of how that team was, even without Jordan there. Well, I think, look, and I think Joe can speak to this, there's so much that goes on in a locker room that never really gets out. You know, and particularly in that era before social media, there, you know, I, I knew, you know, Steve Kerr is a friend, Judd Bushler and I played together, uh, you know, Bill Wennington is a, is a good friend, Stacey King does what I do for, for the Chicago Bulls now from a TV perspective. Uh, you know, perspective. So, like, I knew these guys during the time. I would talk to them, and they would tell me about practices and you know some things going on. You know, not not the super confidential things you ever let out. But there was so much tension there between that team and the front offices. As I think is very you know clearly delineated in, in the in the um, documentary as well, which is uh, an, an unbelievable tension. But I think in a lot of ways, you know, that helped drive that, that those teams too, guys, because. You know, it was a bit of an us against them mentality of they don't believe in us. And we, we you know, Jordan used that as fuel. Um, and, um, you know, it really inspired everybody to play harder. You saw how hard he pushed people in practice. And, you know, that's what I heard about how, how brutal the practices were. It wasn't like between games he was resting. I mean, he was taking guys and going after them in practice. And, and you know, to the point where people were getting in scuffles. And, you know, that regularly happens on good teams because team guys are constantly pushing each other. Hey, John, I, I got to tell you, 
one guy that I used to think kind of put on automatic pilot, kind of coached up all these guys. I got a lot of respect coming out of these uh, eight episodes of this of this document is Phil Jackson. You talk about oh, yeah. keeping guys together between ownership, GM, and a bunch of different personalities, including one of the great players to ever play and, and, and a nice uh, player like Scottie Pippen. Uh, newfound respect for Phil Jackson. What would you think? Well, one, on one occasion, I've had an opportunity to really speak with him one on one and spend some time with him, and he was a he was a pleasant guy. But when you get to see, like you said, all the different personalities, that to me, what a challenge! I mean, and and look, I'm 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 not a Rodman fan. To me, he was much more about himself at times than he was the team, and that to me is everything that's wrong with sport. But think about managing that personality with Jordan and and Pippen, who's getting paid paid less significantly less than everyone despite the fact that he's one of the top 50 players you know all time and the ego and the the issues that that go on there and you know and Rodman wants a vacation in the middle of the season I mean are you freaking kidding me you know and Jordan's (laughs) like if he he wants a vacation I'm the one carrying the team you know I mean you know here's Phil Jackson and, and, and the team wants to you know, remove him and say this is his last year. I mean, they they just seem so they seem to want to pull the plug so early on a group that had been so incredibly successful, uh, which to me is is really against um, you know a lot of trend that you see where you, you know teams tend to hang, hang on maybe too long. But I thought Phil did a, a great job um, of, of knowing when to when to push and when to pull. You know, from the guys I've talked to that played for him, said he did an amazing job during the regular season of not really putting too much pressure on the guys. And he would definitely go down the roster and use everybody on the roster, try to take pressure off some of the star players on the team during the course of the year. Kind of a lot like, I would say, you know, maybe like Popovich does now. I don't know if you guys recognize that, where, you know, maybe yeah. he rests guys or he, he takes some of the mental pressure off. Then when it's playoff time, really try to crank it up and, you know, the team uh, motivated and, and all together as a unit and, and create, you know, some sense of purpose. I mean, look, you saw that at the theme of the whole thing like in the beginning of that last year together, the last dance. That's that's the, the term he coined. Yeah, go ahead. I was only going to say, I'm only guessing that you had to be on the team or Michael Jordan himself to understand uh, what kind of motivated him, what got him up for games, what got him up for series. But last night, also watching those two and seeing the LeBradford Smith made-up story where he went for 40 after not even the guy saying anything to him and George Carl kind of blowing him off at a restaurant and all of a sudden then he wanted to kill Seattle after that. It is truly amazing. It's truly Really amazing yeah. when you see. I mean, listen, you both were athletes. You both played at the highest levels. Uh, I'm sure a lot motivated you or got you up. But it just seems like a bug, a mosquito could have stung Michael, and then every yeah. team that had you know a bug in their name, he's going to want to go for 50 against him. It's just crazy how Michael was during the day and playing against him. It, it had to be almost kind of weird knowing that he wants to crush one of your teammates because of something they might have done. I don't know. Have you ever seen his Hall of Fame speech? Yes, speech? yes. It's unbelievable. I mean, you know, here he is with with everything that he's accomplished and winning all the championships, the personal accolades that, you know, of, of being the, the greatest of all time. And, and, and you saw the mentality of the slights that he took, you know, how he would use those, you know, real it was to him to the point where it cut him and it, and it, and it inspired him to, you know, to try to crush people and, and get motivated every day. And, and, you know, that's a, that's a serious fire burning inside someone, you know, a lot of, you know, kind of an anger and a, and a, an incredible competitiveness that that can burn too hot and and blow your you know blow you out I think but you know he was able to find a way
way constantly to channel it to be better. And you know, I, I think um, you know, like I said, I don't I don't know of anybody that's had that sort of that same fire with skill and the athleticism you know that that Jordan possessed. I mean, he was an absolute killer. He could score when he wanted to score. And again, this was during an era, guys, that you know you were allowed to hand check. You could be more physical. You saw what the Pistons were doing. They were trying to put him on the ground every time he came in the paint. You can't you can't do that now. You can't touch a guy now. It's a you know a guy like Jordan with his ability to draw contact and his ability to create space would have been fouled even more and been put on the line even more and would have averaged you know a lot more than the 30 points he averaged for his career. I mean he he would be completely unguardable now. Um, you know and back then it was just it was very physical and he was still able to do what he did. Hey John, I want to ask you about the Isaiah Thomas, the dream team and pretty clear now like I I guess that some guys didn't want Isaiah Thomas like yeah you're good enough but basically we don't want to hang out with you we don't want you around us socially and on the bus in the hotel and and so you're not going to be on the team what do you think of that whole thing yeah it was kind of interesting he's uh you know he's never been a I've never heard anyone really say anything positive about him as a as a as a person uh, or as a guy really uh, from a friend standpoint as a as a player. Um, I think everyone respected his ability. I, I know you know the Jazz when I was there had a had a relation uh, sort of a checkered relationship with him, stocking him alone where Malone just lit him up one time and I think split his forehead open with an elbow and it's just a lot was a lot of bad blood and you know I know it was the same thing with you know you saw what happened with Jordan where he refused to. You you know, the, the tradition is no matter what happens during the series, you close the series by shaking hands. That's what you do, which is unwritten, but it's it's respect, right? You're you, you know you're recognizing that the team finally got you. They beat you. Look, you, you you know you took them down. You won two championships. I mean, shake hands. That was a slight that obviously stayed with with Michael and was you know kind of a classless move, so to speak. And um, I guess it just resonated with him. And you know, look, when you, you there is always there tends to be that one team that you go have to go through and that was his group that he had to go through that 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 physicality that mental mm-hmm. that intimidation that they tried to put on him you can see the scars that it left on him and again that was a different era i mean it's not that long ago you know people didn't hug each other and, and like they do games and oh how you doing and then hang out with each other in the offseason they really didn't like each other you know and it, i think it you know it's not always the, the greatest thing off the court it i think it makes you play harder on the floor you, you want to you know put it on the guy a lot more so you play with a lot more competitive desire you know as a result it it, it really uh it can scar you you do not want to be man. embarrassed or lose to the to that group that you really don't like hey john uh, i want to ask you this did uh, did you ever get did you get to see one of those michael jordan games up close one of those 50 plus games did you get to see one of those bad boys um not a 50 pluser i saw him do some incredible things um i I was playing for the jazz we were up by over 20 at the half at the delta center it was called at the time in utah just cracking the bulls i mean everything was going you know in our favor um and then in the third quarter you know we went into halftime and and you know everyone's jacked up but but knowing kind of in the back of our head like you know these guys haven't even jordan hasn't even got it going yet and come the third quarter they never panicked by the way that was the thing about those Bulls teams they just they just had such confidence in themselves they could get back on the right track and 20 points back then when you were up 20 points because there were less possessions the three-point shot was being taken less 20 points was like that was a big big lead you didn't you didn't typically lose a 20-point lead and they chipped away in the third quarter 
got back like early fourth, caught us, and then Jordan just took over and made plays in the fourth. And I just saw it firsthand. He was breaking out of the triangle offense and just doing his thing one-on-one. It was just like nobody could stop him. Nobody could stop him. <laughs> that was amazing. I can't remember what he finished with, but it was just such a you know an individual takeover type situation after really struggling and not playing well in the first half, had that ability to flip the switch. And then just in the Eastern Conference Finals, um, I was on the 96-97 Heat team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals we beat the Knicks in that like rumble series and then you know got to the Bulls and that Bulls team was just so good I mean they you know I've said it before you know everyone wants to talk about how good they were offensively but defensively they were just so good I mean Michael Jordan remember he was the defensive player of the year he was a defensive player of the year at one point Um, you know along with all his offensive attributes and he and Ron Harper and Scottie Pippen would play they were interchangeable as 6'6", 6'7", long lanky athletic guys so every time we ran a pick and roll Tim Hardaway would, would come off a pick and roll they'd switch and we could never create you know an, a lead or an angle to be able to take advantage and uh, it was it was just a really tough series to go against a team that good defensively hey John thank you man we really appreciate you spending some time with us this morning great yeah. great stuff appreciate it you stay safe and hopefully we got some basketball some real basketball back soon yeah fingers crossed Joe and Zach I'm, I'm hoping so too we will we'll keep it going here oh <sighs> How I miss basketball, the Heat, the Pelicans, the Blazers. I'd watch the Suns right now, and I don't like the Suns, but I'm actually watching a throwback game between the Suns and the Blazers. My man Clyde Drexler doing some work right now on NBA TV, but never gets old hearing about MJ. Never. That guy, goodness, he's fascinating. Hours and hours and hours of documentary. Never, ever, ever get old. Never going to get tired of basketball either. Come back, basketball. Come back, please, please. It is a Miami Monday, so next, going to have some Miami music for you. Miami artist and a man that makes art on the radio here in Miami, Dan Levitard with Weekend Observations on the Best of the Joe Show. Let's get a little taste of what Dan's got to say in just about five minutes. Most of us were introduced to Bryce Mitchell, a dominant MMA fighter nicknamed Thug Nasty who once got his testicle ripped apart by a power drill. Question. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, this is the best of the Joe show. This is the best of the Joe show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day on a Miami Monday, so you know I got a Miami artist for you, Fidel E. Denny with Suelta. And Suelta in English means loose, so let's get Suelta with this song right now. That's Fidel E. Dani from right here in Miami. If you got any questions about any of our Miami Monday artists, all you have to do, tweet at Dan Day Radio. I'll get you hooked up with them good sounds. Always good sounds on the Dan Levitard Show weekdays from 10 to 1 right here on 560 The Joe, especially on Mondays when Stu Gotts gives us his weekend observations. It is time for Stugatz to share his game notes. No one in the media will tell you what happened better than my boy Stu. Dan, a great night of fights. 
three positive coronavirus tests, controversy and chaos everywhere, Dan Undeterred Dana White is back. <laughs> He's going to have a fight every week. He's going to steal all that sports money for as long as he can. He's going to start having double headers. Uh, former Major League Baseball player Nelson Figueroa is a poker bully. <laughs> I think I could speak safely for Dan when I say neither of us have ever felt older than we did at 2 p.m. on Saturday when we attempted to play cards on PokerStars.net. Everything was moving so fast, but nothing or nobody was moving faster than Nelson than Figueroa. Nelson Figueroa. Jesus! <laughs> you just <laughs> caved our head in one card at a time. I somehow lost to Maggie Gray and Chris Carlin at poker. They weren't there. And they didn't play a single hand. <laughs> they ne- We both did. We both did. They never got into the room. And Nelson Figueroa cleaned us out before you- they ever got there. Man, that was rough. Again, Stugatz. You finished sixth, and I finished fifth at a table that never had more than three people at it. Asking me to get on PokerStars.net and playing is one thing. Asking me to do that and do Skype at the same time? Hell out of here. Rough, man. I'm still reeling. Thank you. Dan, after three weeks of betting soccer from Belarus and baseball from South Korea... It was good to finally lose my money betting something I know nothing about in in the good old U.S. of A. A fighter who was supposed to be a participant on the UFC card this past weekend tested positive for the coronavirus and the fights went on anyway. Does that seem right? How are we doing? Kind of defeats the point of broadcasting from a safe social distance. If you are going to do a traditional three-shot stand-up, shake hands with fighters, and go about post-match interviews like nothing's changed. All that being said, I loved it. Can't get enough. See you Wednesday night. For Overeem Harris. <laughs> the fact that we needed the NCAA president to confirm that there can't be college football without college is all we need to know about college football. Major League Baseball is looking at an 80-game season. Do me a favor. Stop looking, implement, and make it permanent. Do that. Combined with a magic at bat and replacing extra innings with a home run derby. And baseball is fixed. You are welcome. CBSSports.com. Saturday night. Top headline. Ginn says he beat Bolt on track in high school. Hashtag COVID-19. Also... If somehow that track led to some sort of out-of-bounds marker, I believe in. 
<laughs> Even now, if Gidden Bolt ran the width of an NFL field with a fully padded guy trailing them trying to tackle them, I believe Ted Ginn Jr. would win that race. By the way, CBS, how is that story higher than Shaquille O'Neal saying he would scrap the entire NBA season? Over the weekend, most of us were introduced to Bryce Mitchell, a dominant MMA fighter nicknamed Thug Nasty, who once got his testicle ripped apart by a power drill. Question. <laughs> oh, my God. How are most of us just now being introduced to Thug Nasty? I mean, I've known about it for 12 minutes, Ugh. and I already want to walk him out to his next fight, too. Thug Nasty tore his testicle sack up by getting it tangled in a power drill. Oh, God, stop saying that. If you think that's bad, you should see the power drill. <laughs> Such a bad joke. It's funny because it's bad. <laughs> Terrible. Hey, Stan Crocky, you're worth billions. Honor your contracts. Also, Todd Gurley saying June 1st, I better have my money. Doesn't exactly sound like he plans on going the legal route. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> After being dominated all match and taking several unblocked shots to the head, forcing the ref to stop the fight, Dominique Cruz accused the ref of smelling like alcohol and cigarettes. Now, I know cigarettes don't have the greatest publicist, but it kind of feels like heaters are being unfairly dragged into this one. <laughs> there. I, for one, am shocked and appalled. The most famous college basketball player of my lifetime was allegedly receiving improper benefits. Dickie V., when I told you years ago everybody was cheating, it was because everybody was cheating. C.J. Mosley said trading Jamal Adams would be a crazy move. You're right, C.J., which is exactly why they'll do it. Tony Ferguson, we barely knew you. Headline, Nick Saban said the Giants hired a fantastic coach and Joe Judge. Works for me. Also, hashtag COVID-19. Wait a second. Is Todd Gurley threatening an NFL owner? Uh, seriously. Dan, for the 15th consecutive year, I gave my wife the gift of no sex for Mother's Day. Dan, he's turned himself into an impressive, dedicated fighter, but it will never not make me hugely uncomfortable Watching Greg Hardy fight. Yeah. Trevor Bauer used an unfortunate situation. His phone number being leaked and turned it into a really cool giveaway. You know what that means, Dan? It means he took a negative and turned it into a positive. Bauer outage. I spent 30 minutes of my Saturday watching John Cheadle play online poker. Don. Via Don. Skype. Don. Don Cheadle. What did I call him? John. <laughs> uh, tomato, tomato. Yeah. Zoom drafts. 
Teleconference coaching <laughs> sessions. No vaccine, no fans. But we're still putting the NFL schedule out like everything's starting on time. Hell, we do it. Speaking of hell, our priles. Go ahead. Those are the good observations. Ah, Stu Gotts. I can just imagine him all weekend long with a pen and a pad near his couch. And every time something strikes him as funny or cool, just writing it down for weekend observations. Maybe I'm off on that, but I think that's kind of what he does. I don't think I know the Hawk and Crowder show. Always a good time. Here's what they're up to. So everybody's shaking his hand, meeting Jordan, you know, taking some pictures if they can. So we all go in the team meeting room. Jordan's still just sitting down there. I, I could... It's crazy, though, because I was all arrogant. I didn't, oh, I'm not going to, I don't need to shake the man's hand. <laughs> That's Crowder right there, his MJ story. Next, plus, it is Miami Monday, so I have some more Miami music for you in about five minutes on the Best of the Joe Show. This is the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day on Twitter at Dan Day Radio, where you can hashtag Miami Monday and let me know what makes you so Miami. And if I like it, I might read it out on the air. This is so Miami right here. It is Fidel E. Dani. Breaking it down for you real quick, Fidel is a Puerto Rican-American reggaeton singer, while Danny, a Panamanian-American Latino trap rapper. I know what I'm playing over and over again tonight when I get home. Some Fidel E. Danny. Remember, got any questions about the Miami music artists? All you have to do, at Dan Day Radio on Twitter. Always love hanging with Hawk and Crowder. That's weekdays, 3 to 6, right here on 560 The Joe. They're Miami, and they have got you taken care of with Channing's Michael Jordan story. This Michael Jordan documentary, I am just so enamored with it. And again, we've talked about it. I grew up in Chicago. so And by the time 97, 98 happened, I was living down here. I was married in 97, living in Delray Beach. Like, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't in Chicago, but I just grew up such a Michael Jordan fan that this entire time means so much to me. Watching it and hearing and reliving the stories and whatnot, I just think it's fascinating. And uh, I am more of a Michael Jordan fan. I know you are, Crowder. I am more of a Michael Jordan fan than I've ever been watching this. I mean, he is an absolute athletic killer. Yeah, and then his mentality, man. Like, last night, I loved when he said, like, it gave me chills. And it it might be a little crazy, but when he said, like, when people ever look at him and say, hey, man, you're like, you're too intense or you're mean or you're a butt wipe because how you treat your teammates. He said, I look at him and, and, and tell him because you've never done anything great. You've never won right. anything. That's why you feel that way. Bro, I got chills when he said that because when people say that, man, something's wrong with these guys, you're probably not that successful. You think something's wrong with Michael Jordan. Right, because here's a guy like you can't argue his methodology. It worked. He's the GOAT. You you just can't argue. So, yeah, you're hard on your teammates sometimes. Yeah, why not?
Like I'm I'm wearing six rings. So you know, so is uh, whoever. Like they're wearing six rings because of him. And my, my heart, my heart was sneaking out a little bit for that old Scott Burrell. Cause oh, poor Scotty Burrell. He's a pleasant. He was user. only there one season. They made it sound like he was MJ's guy, and uh, but, I mean, he was there for one season. But Hawk, you he took grown, a lot. I'm just saying, like, they show three clips, and every time he finished a sentence, he ended the sentence with hope. You ain't going to make that shot, ho. Like, man, you a grown man. You can't call me a ho but so many times, MJ. I don't care how many damn rings you got. There's only so many hoes I'm going to take. Like, hoes man. got to eat, too. <laughs> Winky, dinky, hoe cake. Because hoes got to eat, too. MJ was sending Burrell to Winky, dinky dogs, wasn't he? Come on, ho. Let's go, ho. I was like, damn, MJ. Take it easy. All right, so here's the story. So Crowder is at the Dolphins facility. JT is part of the uh, Air Jordan line. So give us yes. the uh, give us the story here. This is camp. This is the middle of camp. This is this is when we we, we knew Cam Cameron wasn't that dude, dude. But, we you know, we're still together. We're thinking it's going to be a, a good season. Think about the play. That's when Jason Taylor was there still. He just came back. That's when Joey Porter just Oh, right, got this there. was Camp. So you guys, like, literally, Cam Cameron had not lost a game yet, and he almost lost every one. But he, no. like, so, you, right, you knew that he was kind of a turd, but you didn't know. But we're coming off back-to-back, you know, top 10 defensives. This is when Saban just left Cam, I hired next. So Keith Trailer, Vonnie Holiday, Jason Taylor came back. Joey Porter just got there. Zach Thomas is still, like, we got a dog defense. Travis Daniels is playing well. I think we just drafted some young guys. Like, we had a, we, we thought, we, we didn't know, and I told it before, that one in 15 year, we didn't know we we were terrible until we till we yeah this is weird we're not gonna be very good but we're halfway through camp and we're sitting in meetings and jt everybody knew jt knows jordan because they talk about golfing and we've heard stories of jordan and we'd ask him like hey man mj's like he's crazy golfers he gambled like, yeah man you know he's he's pretty good at golf and we've seen him at jt's tournaments a couple times we knew jt and, and mj were cool but then jt says yeah mj's coming over here i'm like um mj 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 so we're kind of <laughs> we're, we're all skeptical bro like 15 minutes later we're sitting in the defensive uh, linebacker room we broke off from defensive offensive meetings this is post post practice is probably about four or five in the afternoon we've broken off we're in all, we're in the linebacker room and we're all sitting there lights out you know everybody's halfway sleep tired we're in camp and the door opens and you hear hey fellas and you look back and it's michael jordan like <laughs> you're like oh yeah yeah that's michael jordan and then jt I mean, it's larger up. than life like you just yeah. don't see him right you know we always talk about like everyone in south florida has a run in with uh Dennis Rod. And he's just he's around town. Like everybody everybody has an interaction with Dan Marino at some point or whatnot. And my, Michael Jordan lives in Jupiter. Um but no one I mean no one. No one knows him. No one sees him. Yeah. So then so we're in there, and the, the linebacker room's connected to the defensive meeting room. So the defensive meeting room is where the DBs meet because they're the largest group. So then when they hear us hooting and hollering in there, everybody jumps up. Somebody opens the door, and then, you know, it gets around like, hey, man, Michael Jordan's in the hallway. So now everybody's running out. The smallest part of the story was me being, you know, dumb and, and arrogant. I'm like, man, I, what, I'm going to shake his hand. Is he giving out money? I don't need to meet Michael Jordan. I didn't go, sh- I didn't, I didn't go shake his hand. I was like, hell, it's a big line already. I'm not wasting my time. So then I'm sitting in there. Me and the the coaching, the uh, George Edwards, the linebacker coach, Joey Porter wakes up because Porter slept through every meeting. He wakes up and he's like, man, what? I was like, hey, man, MJ's outside. So Joey jumps up, damn near falls down trying to get out the door to go meet MJ. <laughs> so now Cam Cameron stops meetings because there's no reason to meet anyway. Everybody on the team is in the hallway. JT's, I think, yeah, Cam pulls JT to the side. like, hey, you you think Michael will say, you know, say some words. Like, this is the, like we're watching now, Hawk, the biggest competitor, the, you know, the best player ever. Like, could you say, you know, a couple words to us, give us some encouraging words? Words, whatever he was like okay cool 
So now, okay, emergency team meeting. So everybody's shaking his hand, meeting Jordan, you know, taking some pictures if they can. So we all go in the team meeting room. Jordan's still just sitting down there. I, I could, it's crazy though, because I was all arrogant. I didn't, oh, I'm not going, I don't need to shake the man's hand. But I remember where he was sitting and how he was sitting with his right <laughs> leg up on the desk, leaning back on the chair. Like, it's Michael Jordan sitting there in the team meeting room. So then the whole team kind of comes in. Everybody sits down. So Cam is going to introduce him. So this is <laughs> – we already – I've told a story about Junior Say out, you know, just totally just just telling Cam Cameron kiss his butt, not wearing a tie when the day before he told him to wear a tie. And now Junior made everybody take their tie off. So now the entire linebacker court doesn't have a tie, and the head coach just told us to wear a tie. So, like, people were – all the time testing already, Cam Cameron. Already trying him. He he had he, he was already losing control of the team. Yes, from and that 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 Junior Seau situation with the tie, I think that happened his third day on the job. So it's you're already seeing weaknesses in in the armor. And so then now he's gonna intro Mike. So we're all in a team meeting room. People don't know it's like theater style. So the you know it's it, the back is higher and it's you know coming down. So you know it's a hundred guys and this is camp too. So it's really a hundred guys in there. Hundred guys, all the coaching staff, the trainers, everybody was here MJ meet so Cam Cameron went to Indiana Cam Cameron played football and basketball for Indiana I think Bobby Knight was his coach I think Lee Corso was the coach you know he told these stories all the time so Cam Cameron goes up in front of the team Jordan is 10 feet away from him sitting there up in front of the team already Cam goes into the whole you know the best the biggest competitor ever you know this whole thing you know hated losing more than he loved to win this is what greatness looks like you know he's gonna come say a few words and I've you know I've seen it I've actually been a been a um, a victim of his desire and of his love, you know, hate to hate hate for losing because I was at Indiana and we played UNC and he told this young long story. Some guy got hurt, so he had to come in. He wasn't a starter, but he had Cam to come Cameron in. had to come in. Cam Cameron was a bench warmer for Indiana, but when they played UNC and Mike, he had to play because somebody was hurt and they knew the tenacity it took to guard Michael. So he was the one that pulled the card and he went into all this and he just went out there and roasted us. And at that moment, I knew he was going to be something great. And y'all give it up for Michael Jordan. Everybody cheers. Ah, first thing MJ says when he walks up, he looks over at Cam Cameron. <laughs> yeah, y'all, I ain't never seen this dude before in my life, man. <laughs> So the pinch of respect he still had from us, the pinch of respect Cam Cameron still had, Jordan killed it the first week of camp. Because you're going to come and tell a long-ass story about learning how to play and from Michael Jordan, and the first thing Michael Jordan does is flat out say, yeah, I, I ain't never seen you, bro. You lying. I mean, it's such a great story, especially now knowing Cam Cameron, right? Because, yes. like, he's holding on by a thread, you know, and it, the first game hasn't even happened yet. He's holding on by a thread because you told us he the first meeting he was so angry and he yelled son of a big buck and everyone was like what is this guy what what is this and then told him a thread and so like that's that's instant credibility like hey i faced mj and he took me down but i faced him or whatever and so you you have a little bit of credibility and then mj just looks <laughs> looks over and like yeah i ain't never seen this dude in my life like <laughs> but even but even to mj's like to mj i guess honesty or competitive nature because it could have been easy for mj really to walk up and be like yeah we had some battles with indiana like he could he didn't have to you know to to, to, to affirm his yes. story he could have yes. just let it go yeah i remember playing indiana 
Atlanta back in the day. Yeah, fellas, man, going into the season. He could have he, he he did. MJ gave us about a, you know, not a long speech, maybe five, ten minute speech, just you know, about outworking everybody and, you know, not having a face on the person across from you, just playing every, you know, every play, every snap, every down, you know, time down the court as it's your last and you know, the same old, you know, inspirational speech. But he made it a point to let him know, bro, I don't remember you. Like, you know, this story you just told, that's not a true story. You never but you, you see never it in the documentary. Me. He has no need to be polite. MJ does not have rings without Scottie Pippen. And MJ does not speak about Scottie Pippen in the way Batman spoke about Robin. Oh, you know what no. I mean? Like, he's constantly picking at him. Constantly. You could tell the migraine game still eats him up. Last night, you saw, like, Michael wasn't even on the team when Scotty refused to go in the game at the end of that game. And it bothered Michael to this day that he did that. Yes. And so, and, and all of that we're seeing, I saw it in that. And it probably, in to, it, the to, from MJ walking into the Dolph facility to getting back in his car, it was probably a little bit over 30 minutes. Like it was not a long interaction, but through that interaction, like it, it showed me a lot about what MJ was. And it's just, it's just coming back in this documentary last dance, bro. I love this man. This, mm. this, this man is something else. What a great Michael Jordan story from Channing Crowder. That is one person I do not have a story about Michael Jordan, at least not a personal story. I've run into a lot of craziness in my life, met a lot of people, but mm -mm, radio and TV over 20 years. Nope. No Michael Jordan, and he lives right down the road. Michael, if you're listening, you're always welcome to come by 560 to Joe and be on the Best of the Joe show. Let's hear from the great one right now. When people see this, they're going to say, well, he wasn't really a nice guy. He may have been a tyrant. Oh, well, that's you, because you never wanted anything. I wanted to win, but I wanted them to win and be a part of that as well. Look, I don't have to do this. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way. I agree with Crowder. That gives me chills. The way Michael Jordan talks and the way he just almost wills his will. Oh, man. Oh, man. I have to get out of here, though. We're done for today. Hey, we got through another Miami Monday at Dan Day Radio on Twitter, if you want to continue the fun and the conversation, you can download the podcast wherever you get your podcast, the radio.com app, or you can go to our website, wqam.com. Tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, let's do it again. This is the Best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.